Technically Iowa is a Technology Association of Iowa podcast, highlighting innovators and tech leaders throughout the state. The Technology Association of Iowa is a statewide member-based organization uniting Iowa's technology community by connecting leaders, developing talent, driving public policy, and fostering diversity and inclusion. The Technology Association of Iowa believes every Iowa company is a technology company. Visit technologyiowa.org to learn more and get involved. My name is Cassandra Kotek, and I will be your host for today's show. With us today talking about the Internet of Things is Kyle Ronning, Industry 4.0 Lead at John Deere. Thanks for being here today, Kyle. I appreciate you having me. Let's start with who you are and what your role entails on a day-to-day basis at John Deere. I actually have a pretty exciting role. So I'm Industry 4.0 Lead at uh, John Deere. And so that's kind of a unique job title in the marketplace today. And really what it represents is that fourth version of the industrial revolution, right? Industry 1.0 was steam engines back in the 1800s. 2.0 is the advent of electricity and manufacturing processes like the assembly line. 3.0 is the advent of computers, where we saw robotics, PLCs emerge. And then now we're just entering this 4.0 space, which is really around cyber physical systems, right? How does everything connect and communicate with one another to, to really you know, take manufacturing to, to the next level? And so with that, I work very collaboratively with our factories across the globe, really formulating what are those strategic pain points or problem statements that we need to address and, and then engage with what I like to refer to as people who have good ideas out in the marketplace and you know, take inventory of emerging trends and thought partners and stand up those solutions as, as a means to, to solve the, those problems. And the successful ones, we scale across the organization. And the ones that maybe aren't so successful, we take inventory of what did we learn from these things and how do we approach the problem in a different way to address maybe those shortcomings. So, you know, that's a long-winded answer, but it's a pretty exciting opportunity we have to, to really transform our manufacturing operations in this company. So could you give us some background specifically regarding John Deere's involvement with IoT products and technology? You mentioned some initiatives are successes, some have shortcomings, but you always come out of them learning something. Talk to me about the involvement of those. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, you know, John Deere has got a lot of tentacles in this IoT space on the product facing side with our precision ag strategy, trying to make farmers more productive and sustainable. But I'm going to focus this response really talking about what we're doing in the, the internal operations space. And if I take you back, I've been with Deere for about 15 years now. And early on in my career, I feel like that was the start of some of our IoT strategies. We didn't know IoT as we refer to it today. But what we were doing is we were trying to find ways to drive process control at key stations in our factories. So stations where the risk of mistake leads to poor outcomes for our our customers or stakeholders, right? So think of this like building a transmission or you know install installation of gears, installing hydraulic fittings. You know mistakes could be made, and they're not really uncovered till further down in the manufacturing process, which lead to to more repair and rework inside of our factories. 
And so to, to get around that, we started buying sensors to ensure that we were installing gears to the right pressure, you know, bearings to the right pressures, it gears with the right backlash to them, torque wrenches that had transducers on them to ensure we were torquing hydraulic fittings the right way. And we started doing this at critical stations. And then over the last 20 years, right, you know, in that journey, we've continued to expand that. And now we take this approach where really every station has IoT data coming from it because every one of our operators is adding values to the tractors or the products that they're manufacturing. And, and so our focus shifted from the, the really important to now to all of the manufacturing steps. And so we look for ways to harvest data from our processes to ensure that we performed that work correctly. And that's really where we started the journey. And, you know, we continue to make that base larger and larger as our scope increases over time to to give world-class performance to our stakeholders. You spoke about how John Deere has adjusted to the IoT process. Could you give us an example of a successful IoT initiative? A success, I would say, is really the work we've done with hydraulic fittings. So O-rings seal hydraulic fittings to hoses and really eliminate the prospects of leaks. If they're installed incorrectly, you can cut the O-ring and then you have these like weeps coming out of those fittings that need to be addressed. And so we started making sure that those joints were tight. And by doing that, by deploying smart tools across our global footprint, we're able to control that specific process in a way that uh, gives us confidence that we did it correctly. You get different sensor readings if you cut an O-ring versus if you torque it the right way. And so being able to read the data that's coming out of those wrenches has really allowed us to to see significant improvement in performance of those of those joints out in the marketplace. How does John Deere leverage IoT technologies in its operational process? I kind of walked you through where we started. Well, today we've realized that the data that's collected from those individual process steps adds value to management of the whole factory, right? And the operations. And so we use that data to trigger, I'll give you an example. If I torque a fitting, it generally represents that feedback tells me that a certain part number has been installed to that tractor. Well, that data now can be reused in a different system to drive replenishment of that material back to the station for the operator to to have enough supply to, to perform his or her work on the next tractor. So there's a lot of positive use cases for IoT data to be used to drive business metrics and performance metrics, you know, things like dashboards that we display over our departments to tell team members how the assembly line is flowing today. Are we hitting our delivery objectives? Are we hitting our safety and quality objectives? You know, while we started to to solve the problem around quality and process control, we found a number of additional use cases that help us drive some automation to other aspects of the business to really, you know, continuously improve the efficiency of our factories. So let's talk a little bit more about the data. How often is it evaluated? How often are strategic plans mapped out based on performance? And where is the data stored? 
we look at it in kind of two ways, right? There's data in motion, and then there's data at rest. And they have significant different use cases. So the data in motion is as soon as it's being generated, what are we doing with it? And that gets into the process control, anomaly detection. Are are things going uh, as planned or do we need to drive corrective action at that very moment? Those are the things that we're doing at that, that point at which data is collected. From there, we stream that data into its final storage location. And so when we store the data in an aggregated way, we get the ability to kind of replay history, right? How do we go back in time and recreate a condition? How do we identify trends in the data, right? How are things changed over a period of time? Whether they're machine wear, weather patterns, different things like that. How do you start identifying where some of those changes happen? And so the data in motion is all at the factory level, right? So that needs to be really close to the source of where the work is being performed. The data at rest is is actually stored in a virtual private cloud where we store it under data governance strategies to make sure that we've got security, accessibility, governance, standardization, those types of attributes taken care of to ensure that as people want to replay historical events, they are looking at data and in, interpreting it the way that it should be. And it, it helps us ma- make sure that the data we're saving has value in the future. Great. So let's shift a little bit and talk about 5G capabilities affecting John Deere. How is it affecting John Deere now? And how do you see it affecting equipment in the future? 5G has been a really positive story for us. In late 2019, the FCC had an auction for a band called CBRS where John Deere participated and the FCC auctioned these licenses to host a private cellular network county by county across the United States. John Deere participated in that auction. We acquired a license to stand up our own private network in five counties here in the Midwest, one in Illinois and four in Iowa, where where we have significant manufacturing presence. Since then, this last year, we've worked with different providers and we've stood up a cellular network at two of our locations in the Quad Cities. We're just getting started uh, leveraging the network capabilities. But from what we can see today, the the benefits of cellular communication are very apparent once you start leveraging it. If I use the analogy of if you're in a car on your cell phone in the passenger seat, I would advise is you see that as you're driving down the road, you really don't lose cellular connectivity, right? You don't see those lapses. And that's one of those attributes that's really powerful with cellular communication. Where is with this whole work from home from the pandemic, I think everybody's experienced their home Wi-Fi network giving them fits at certain times where you've dropped that network. And these are the performance characteristics that we see in our own private network. When we're connected to Wi-Fi, we have these blips where we have momentary losses of connection and we have some additional latency. When we compare that to our cellular network, our private cellular network, we see the latency being significantly better. 
as well as continuous connectivity. And we think those are characteristics of right that next generation factory connectivity strategy because we can have equipment in the factory performing and not losing connection to them. So we're always collecting the data and we have confidence that when we send an action to a specific device, it is received and executed. So this is a thing that's gonna help us unlock increased use cases around mobility, right? So autonomous delivery of material. Now we can have autonomous mobile robot communicate with a parts rack and ensure that those those connections are maintained and the data exchanges are taking place. And so this has proven to be a really positive trend that we see. I will throw the caveat out there that the market is still developing quite rapidly with 5G. When you get into end devices, it's, you know, the 5G marketplace is still relatively small when compared to the 4G or the LTE marketplace for for devices that'll connect to it. But we see the growth taking place and and we're positioning ourselves to to really capitalize on the maturity of the 5G development because it will reduce our cost structures for maintaining network cabinets and hardwire connections. And it really opens a door for us to be able to be very flexible in our operations because we're not stuck to having hardwired connections, right? We can take racks around and move them. And it really provides us a lot of flexibility on top of all of the machine-to-machine interactions that I was previously talking through. So from 5G capabilities, connectivity, data collection and utilization, and IoT, what is the most significant change John Deere has adopted to further improve manufacturing processes as a whole? The logical response here is a technical thing, but I think actually the most beneficial change we've made to date is really a cultural change. And the reason I say that is, you know, we've got just about 60 factories globally and we've made it a priority to use the same manufacturing technology stack in those units. And what that tech stack represents is the protocols, the standards, the communication strategies, the software, the data storage, the applications, all of those things at the various layers of that stack drive standardization between our units. We use the same approaches at these various factories. It opens the opportunity for innovation sharing. So when we see a good idea taking place at one of our factories, we can quickly pick up that idea and scale it across to all of the other ones and really raising the bar for all of our our factories at the same time. In addition to this, by taking this approach, we're also able to deliver a seamless customer experience. So if you're buying a product from us from one factory, we can give you a comparable experience from a different factory where your second product you might be purchasing from Deer is coming from. And you know that that helps us maintain relationships with our dealers and our customers. It helps us drive you know economies of scale within the organization. And it really opens the door for really all of our employees within the organization to drive innovation and solve some of these manufacturing opportunities. And you know we get many more people collaborating in that same space. 
And so that's that's a really important attribute to the work that we're doing right now. So looking ahead, what do you foresee changing in the next five years in terms of IoT at John Deere? There's a couple things that I think are going to drive significant improvement in the IoT space. The first one is really the the maturing of machine learning, artificial intelligence models, right? Things like anomaly detection. Those types of models are going to continuously improve and help us extract more value out of that, those data streams that are being stored. Additionally, I think there's going to be some really key breakthroughs that convert those analog actions that take place in a factory into data streams to allow us to start uh, you know, expanding them. You think through like ideas like uh, video as a sensor, right? How do we take video feeds of, of a process and extract things around the movements of products and other things in, those, in that space that makes the data that we're collecting far richer? So I actually am pretty excited to see that kind of those analog to digital converters taking place for a lot of the manual steps that are still transpiring in factories today. Great. Thank you so much for your time today, Kyle. We really appreciated learning about John Deere, Industry 4.0 in general, and how John Deere is adapting during this manufacturing 4.0 revolution. So thank you for your time and expertise. Glad to be here. I appreciate uh, the invitation and having this conversation with you today. Technically Iowa is powered by the Iowa Economic Development Authority, dedicated to helping Iowa manufacturers remain globally competitive. Learn more at iowamfg.com.